There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. ES Audio. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Well, it was all about the European Champions Cup this weekend. Four emphatic home wins and some very entertaining rugby to boot. We'll be discussing it all here with myself and I'm delighted to say with Sarah Elgin. Sarah, how are you? I'm good, Loris. How are you? Very well indeed. Very well indeed. Thank you. Good. And also with us is Evening Standard Rugby Correspondent Nick Perrowall. Hi, Nick. Hi, Sarah. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, really, really good. So listen, guys, Easter weekend. Have you been enjoying Easter eggs? We have so many in our house at the moment. Really? I can imagine. I mean, Sarah, you'll know this from our time at BT Studios in Stratford. It's like going to the chocolate shop anyway. You oh, just go, it's so just good, isn't it? Surrounded by chocolate. I mean, I had two days in the studio uh, over the weekend, which was great. Get to watch all the rugby and sit there and eat lots of chocolate. So, very Do you know, time. honestly, when I get my timetable and I see that I'm in the studio for Europe, I get really excited. Not just because I'm in the studio with it's Europe, because I know I'm going to get a half-time Nando's yeah. and a chocolate <laughs> intake from the canteen. That's almost as important. And you've, you've, got, you've got enough air miles to go anywhere you want there these days anyway, so you're not that bothered, <laughs> are you? <really? laughs> oh, I love a studio day. Oh, do you know what I was watching last night? What? Um, I was watching you. You kept this very quiet. Your Amazon programme. Ah, oh, Live Italian. You, yes, you were very entertaining on it. Oh, thank you. Sound surprised. <laughs> I didn't know I, that Castro Giovanni was such a character as well. Actually, because yeah. I've never, I've never met him. I've interviewed him kind of a couple of times briefly, but he's great, isn't he? He's a superstar in Italy. He is a judge on the equivalent of Italy's Got Talent. I love that so much. And we we went to four different cities across Italy in five days. Everywhere we went, he was stopped in the street by everyone. And he was such a gentleman. It must have been exhausting for him because literally it was every single person. And we just had the best time having such good fun. We filmed all day. It was hard work. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, I'd get this phone call from Castro saying, see you in reception in, t- in 10 minutes. We're going out. So I'd be, <laughs> he insisted on taking me out and he paid for absolutely everything. It would cost me a fortune when he comes to London. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was really, really good because you do one, don't you? Then there's Jack Whitehall that does the other one and Maya Jama does one as well, right? So we, we watched we watched yours and Jack Whitehall's and we loved it while we were eating our yeah. Easter eggs, basically. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. Oh, oh, one question, one more question about Easter. Favourite Easter egg? We were having this discussion last night as well. I think probably Reese's Pieces was uh, went down well. I love peanut butter so it's all good it's very american isn't it yeah i'm a connoisseur of i mean i've eaten every single easter egg that is available (laughs) so i would say we've gone back old school because our kids are grown up now they're they're obviously uh, uh in their 20s uh so we have got mini eggs 
Love mini eggs. Love that's, mini what, eggs. that's what that's what I always love. Yeah, just, yeah. Mini Can't eggs. go wrong. Can't go wrong with mini eggs. Okay, let's stop talking chocolates and Italian trips and let's concentrate on some rugby then, shall we? Okay, so our guest this week is a former French captain who went on to coach the national team between 2012 and uh, 2015. His current director of rugby for Montpellier is Philippe Saint André. Hi, Philippe. How are you? Good afternoon. He's had a holiday, so he's he's definitely feeling uh, rejuvenated. Have you? Where have you been? Yeah, I had a weekend off after we lost in Exeter. So I, I've been to, to a place that Laurence know very well because I think he was married there. The, the lack of Como in Italy. Oh, nice. That's beautiful. Beautiful and sunny, like in England at the moment, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Philippe, uh, obviously, uh, after the uh, the disappointment of losing in the way you did against Exeter, you know, coming back into the game and then scoring in extra time and then conceding right with the last play of the game. I mean, obviously, for neutral people watching, fantastic game. But for you, it was very frustrating, I'm sure. Now that you've had a few days with some Italian wine to reflect, uh, <laughs> what, what, what are your feelings about that game? Are, are you still frustrated or have you have you moved on now? Uh, we are still very frustrated. First, congratulations to, to Exeter. I know they won this uh, this weekend and they are in semi-finals, so fair play for them. But yeah, no, for us, it was hard because it was one of the targets of the players. You know, la- last year we lost the quarter final. We wanted to do better, and uh, it was a great game in Exeter. But uh, you know, we feel a lot of decisions didn't go in our way, and we feel that the result was not the effort of the players, but the result was a few mistakes from the referee and this assistant and the TMO. So I will say it's okay, but uh, it's still a lot of frustration because, you know, Lawrence, uh, rugby, it's tough, it's hard, it's physical. And when the player asks why we lost, why we had three try uh, cancel, and to be honest, uh, one, I am agree, but the two others are still struggling to find what's happening. So, Philippe, do you think that one of the lessons maybe is that next time you have to be at home because uh, every match seems to, the decisions seem to always go the way of the home team? Yeah, I, I agree. And also, I think, you know, uh, Exeter, it's a big name in, in Europe and they won the, the European Cup. We are new in this competition, you know, we... For the last uh, two years, we were French champion last year. And uh, I agree, it's more easy if you play uh, the big game uh, at home. But uh, what is terrible, it's, it was a great game of rugby. Uh, on this day, it was the two best uh, for me, number eight in England at the moment, Sam Simmons against Zach Mercer. And it was a fantastic contest. And Zach Mercer take a, take a red card. And to be honest, it was a joke, you know, and uh, it's just a yellow card. And he can play this uh, this week against Cass because for us, it's a big game. But, you know, when decisions very, very important uh, are taken like this, it's very painful. After all, it was a good game of rugby. We were trying to be part of, of this game. And now, you know, we, we must move on. When players don't play well, uh, you don't pick them. When the coach don't win, but uh, your chairman sacks you. When the referee have a bad game, uh, it happens. But they are they're lucky they can refer <laughs> the week after a very good game, you know. But but this is life. And uh, like uh, Laurent said, we shouldn't be much better in full stage and to play at home. But it was a very good learning curve for my players and for the club of Montpellier, you know. Philippe, you touched on Zach Mercer there. He's been sort of a revelation for you, hasn't he? He's done so well. I mean, we know that he's coming back to England and he'll be available for selection for the World Cup if England want to take him. Do you think that he has all the credentials to play at the World Cup? And what is it that makes him such a good player? And, you know, why has he done so well for you at Montpellier? 
Uh, definitely. Do you know, after I coached the French team uh, during five years, uh, I was working for a French TV and I commentate all the English premiership, you know. And when I commentate, I say, who guys, if I am back in business, I will pick. It will be Sam Simmons and Sam Simmons will come next year. And Zach Mercer. And Zach Mercer is amazing for us. He was the best player in the top 14 last year. Very consistent. Uh, he's worked hard. Very, very skillful. He understands the game. He's a fantastic rugby player. And, and this work rate. It's amazing. And you know, when you're a coach uh, international, you need guys with a huge work rate. And uh, it's for me, and I think uh, Sam Simmons and Zach Mercer at the moment are the two best number eight. Philippe, do you think Exeter were extra motivated because you take all their players back to Montpellier? Do you think? You've raided them, Philippe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you have, you have uh, what, Luke, Luke Cowan-Dickey. Hopefully his leg is okay. Sam Simmons, uh, Harry Williams. I mean, obviously there's something you understand from the English game that you like. Or is it because they're cheaper these days? I don't know. Yeah, yeah but do you know, uh, I've been 10 years in England, so I followed this premiership. But, uh, you know, we lost uh, Zach Mercer because he's back to Gloucester, you know. We have Elliot to console at the moment, and he's doing a great job with us. And Henry Thomas, the tight head also. And we have few English guys will be back to England next year. I have few from Exeter players on the market. And, you know, uh, I think the three guys that I sign are great players. They are good athletes. Also, when you play to Exeter, you have the habit to play big game. You need to be fit also. And also, I agree with you with the, with the England uh, economy in rugby at the moment after the COVID. In the French league, our economy is very strong, but we have a salary cap. We need 16 French players on, on each team sheet, but I need world-class players. I think the three guys I signed, they are world-class players. Do you have any news for us, Philippe, on the Luke Cowan Dickey situation other than what we've been reading? Any updates as to whether or not... You know, he will be fit enough to get to go to you guys next season? I hope so. First, I hope for England because I think if he's fit, he, he will be involved in, in the World Cup because he's a tremendous player. And um, for us, he, he will come uh, very soon to Montpellier to do all this medical. And I cross fingers and I meet him in Exeter uh, last week. And uh, I hope that everything will be fine. Philippe, we can't not talk to you about the World Cup and France, obviously, building incredibly nice as well as Ireland, South Africa, I still think very strong. Even though it's a few months away, do you believe now this is France's time? Yeah, we, we hope so. You know, it's a, like you say, we have a, a fantastic squad of players. The best for me, you know. Also, when, when you are coach, you know, it's all the time better to have the best player in the world in your teams than against you. At the moment, with Antoine Dupont, we have the best player in the world. But after, you know, the World Cup, uh, we'll play the first game against New Zealand. I think we need to count about South Africa and Ireland. I think the French team are, the, are in the fourth favorite for this World Cup. After, you know, the outsider will be England, Scotland and Australia because these three big teams, uh, England was struggling the Six Nations, but I think they can be back. And I am very impressed also with the squad and the depth of Scotland at the moment. Tell me, Philippe, just last question. Obviously, you have to have 16 French players in your squad. But as a coach, head coach of the top 14 team, what has changed the relationship and attitude between the coaches and the national team? There seems to be a real shift now. You're almost proud to prepare the players for the French national side, as opposed to maybe five years ago. It was very different. Yeah, to be honest, you know, I fight when I was the coach of the French team because uh, uh, some team was French champion with one or two French players on the team sheet. 
And uh, I remember, you know, uh, we, we did a research, Winger, 85% of the Winger was Fijian. And uh, 88% of the Titan was Georgian. And uh, he was stable for the French rugby. And uh, we make this uh, this force uh, seven, eight years ago. And it changed completely because first our young players, they, they stay in top 14 because they, they know that we have a game time. Also, we have a fantastic generation because they were world champion under 22 years in the world. And it changed completely uh, the French rugby because you still need good overseas players. And like Zach Mercer for us, he was amazing. But each week you need to pick 16 guys can be picked for the French team. And this it's a big uh, help for Fabien Galtier and, and the staff. And you can see for the last three or four years, the, the best team play November and Six Nations. And each summer, the French team, they're going with the second choice or third choice. But they, they do a fantastic job. They, they won in Australia. They won in Japan. So you can say that the, the depth and the, and the strength in, in the French team at the moment. Well, Philippe, we finish uh, with our guest with something called Tackled. So just a few light-hearted questions. I tackle or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going to get you started. Let's not get you started on refereeing decisions, Philippe. <laughs> Tackled. Your full French name, please. Piglet. <laughs> no, 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 that's your nickname. I know that. <laughs> What's your your full name? Is what Philippe Saint Andre, or do you have uh, do you have another name? Philippe George Saint Andre. Very regal. C'est très anglais. Hein? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you were in Gloucester, your your favourite takeaway? Fish and chips. Yeah, beautiful, nice. beautiful with curry sauce. Ah, yeah. half and half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the Gloucester sauce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, and, and Philippe, in France, well, what, what do you have for breakfast? To be honest, uh, since I am in Montpellier, we, we took a chef and we take all the breakfast the morning all together. And he's a fried eggs, he's a ham. So we do it like a half English breakfast and French breakfast because also I have a lot of English guys. So they have the sun in Montpellier, they have the beach, but they have the morning, they have an English breakfast. <laughs> that sounds yeah. ideal. I want to come and play for Montpellier. Exactly. <laughs> what is the best advice that you were given? What's the best advice of one coach and they say, look, enjoy your passion and uh, just enjoy to play rugby with the guys around you. And, you know, to be honest, at this time, the, the rugby was amateur. I never expect that one day it can be my still my passion, but it, it can be my job. It's amazing. You know, I am so lucky to earn my money with with my passion. And if we asked you to sing sing a song on the front of the bus after you beat uh, Exeter next year in the uh, in the Champions <laughs> Cup, uh, what, what what is the song that you that you, uh, that you would sing? A very bad song. It will be French, but it will be a, a song that normally we, we do it after after ten pints of beer. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And tell me, who is the, uh, in your opinion, the best rugby player of all time? To be honest, uh, when I was playing, I played with Philippe Sella and Blanco, but Philippe Sella was amazing. But uh, when I coach, I coach Jason Robinson in in cell and I make him captain. And uh, wow. he was a, a fantastic player and amazing man. So. Yeah. Philippe Sella, uh, when I was player, and Jason Robinson. Well, that's two pretty special people and 
two special players. Now, you've had so many memorable moments as a player. I remember one at Twickenham when I was watching as a young boy. I watched you score a try, which uh, I think was voted the, the try of the century. It's the best try ever scored at Twickenham. You weren't uh, that young, Lawrence, were you? I, I was quite young, to be fair. I was in, oh, okay. I was in a crowd. It was uh, <laughs> 91, 91, I think. 91, yeah. England won the Grand Slam that day, but Philippe scored the best try uh, I've, I've ever seen at Twickenham. But what was your most memorable moment? I have a lot of players. I think uh, 1995 was a captain and we beat New Zealand twice in, in New Zealand and he was the, the first cap of John Alomu and he was something special. And of course, of course, I have two great moments. One with St. Sharks when we beat Leicester in Twickenham to be English champion. And last year with Montpellier, we beat Cass to be French champion in, in Stade de France. So. Well, listen, Philippe, uh, it's been great chatting to you. Thank you so much. Good we job. obviously wish you all the very best for the rest of the season, particularly against the uh, cast. And at the end of the season, when your chairman is phoning you, he's, uh, he's phoning you to take you out for more <laughs> celebrations. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lawrence. It was nice. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Okay, so let's chat about the weekend's rugby then and the results from the quarterfinals of the European Champions Cup. It was a pretty emphatic win for all the home teams, wasn't it? Proving, I guess, just how crucial home advantage is in the knockout stages of this competition. So Leinster beat Leicester 55 points to 24 and they will now face Toulouse in the semi-finals after the French team saw off the Celsius Sharks 54-20. Lawrence, that scoreline possibly doesn't quite reflect the closeness of that game for, what, 60 minutes or so. But Toulouse scored four tries in the last 10 minutes, I think. They ran away with it in the end. It was a class performance, wasn't it? Because they don't always get it right to Toulouse, but when they do, it is magical. Well, first of all, it was a magnificent game, uh, a magnificent occasion. I really liked that stadium, the uh, Ernst Fanon Stadium. I think it was packed to the rafters, you know, sea of red and black. And you know what? The sale sea, I was going to say sale sea sharks. Sale sea sharks. The sale sharks. No, the, the, the sale sea sharks. 
Seashell sharks. What, that's, a, yeah, yeah. that's the one. That's you the, go into that one as well. At the seashore. They, um, <laughs> they honestly were were great value as well. I mean, South Africa, we'll, you know, we'll talk more generally about the South African contribution for the first year in this competition. If I remember every other country where we first played in it, it was a really tough tournament. And with all the travel, and yes, it does happen both ways, but they ended up with three teams in the in the, in the last 16, two in the quarterfinals, which, you know, is a, a pretty good contribution. And the uh, Lions in the Challenge Cup and, as and well. And the Lions. And, yeah. the, and the Sharks played magnificently well. In fact, I would almost say that there were a few quite concerned to lose supporters in the first 20 minutes because they were thinking, wow, this is going to be a procession. And actually, they turned up. A couple of decisions, a bit like, you know, we saw in across all the competitions tend to go with the home team. And I think they, they benefited, but my word to lose when they decide to turn it on. I mean, they say that great teams are made up of great individuals. There's some great individuals in that in that Toulouse team. And I mean, obviously, we can talk and wax lyrical as we will do about Anton Dupont, who had five assists, five try assists. I mean, if he's not scoring or saving tries, <laughs> he's actually set up. Five on a plate, which is the highest of any player ever in the Heineken Cup. Uh, then you had um, Entomac, who has been struggling a little bit for form. I say struggling, he's just not been playing as well as he can play. And then suddenly he produces a magnificent performance. And then as if that's not enough, Thomas Ramos, who's probably the most improved player in French rugby, 29 points from him. He was superb, unbelievable performance. So yes, they will take some beating, I have to say. They've got to go now to, uh, to Ireland and play uh, Leinster. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be tough, but a wonderful afternoon, uh, you know, down there in Toulouse. I think DuPont said after the game, when he was asked about Leinster, he said um, Leinster could probably play rugby with their eyes closed. But, like, I guess you could kind of say that at times for Toulouse as well. So that semi-final, Nick, is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, it's a lovely sort of clash of methodologies, isn't it? Because in Leinster, much like Ireland, there's magic in the precision. It's so detailed, it's so it's so precise, and but they've got the ability to play outside of the structure when they need to as well, um, so because they so they can really take take teams apart. But then for Toulouse, I mean, like the individuals, like we say, but they've got such power and such um, poise as well. That um, talking about Tom Ramos, that uh, the football pass he played on his own line inside to clear was just that's just absolutely un- unreal. I mean, just the, the sort of calmness and the pressure and the quick thinking uh, to get get himself out of trouble. And yeah, I mean. It's very hard to look past Leinster, especially on home soil, but they are going to be pushed all the way by one of the prestige teams of Europe. Oh, that's going to be some occasion, isn't it? Um, Sandy Park this weekend then, Exeter Chiefs dispatched the last remaining South African franchise, the Stormers, 42-17, the final score there. And it was probably the Chiefs' best performance of the season, to be fair. They will head to Bordeaux now in the semi-finals to take on the defending champions, La Rochelle, who beat Saracens 24-10. Now, Lawrence, you thought Saris might manage to pull off a win against La Rochelle, but they just couldn't seem to get, I don't know, a foothold in the game, could they? La Rochelle were just so dominant and Saracens were just overpowered a little bit. I mean, I think it's a... It's- a real concern for Mark McCall uh, and for Saracens. I mean, a lot of people questioning whether they're still a European powerhouse and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, look, they've spent a long time out of the competition through well, a little bit their own fault. But, uh, you know, it's it's not easy to, to re-establish yourself. And I think the game has moved on differently. You know, this is now three games that Saracens have lost, three big games. And the worry is that in the English Gallagher Premiership, they're head and shoulders the best team there. And it feels like when they turn it on in the Premiership, they're just able to beat anyone that they want. And I think when you turn up in Europe, you have to turn it on and you have to be on it straight away because every side is, is, is very, very good. Now, They've lost Challenge Cup quarterfinal against Toulon away last year. They've now lost this quarterfinal against La Rochelle away. And they lost the the final, of course, against Leicester in the Premiership. So 
There will be some question marks, understandably, around that group. They were just blown away by a very, very good La Rochelle team. The power game up front from La Rochelle, you know, Skelton, Antonio, Gregory Aldrich. I mean, the carrying, and you know, Bottier. Bottier. I, I mean, I mean the, the, size, the size of the carrying. And I mean, I don't know, you, you need an RPG to get these guys off the ball, by the way. <laughs> I mean, literally, if, if, if they... Saracens went into contact and literally it was like taking it was like taking sweets off a kid in the playground. I mean, they were robbed at every opportunity because the people that were there were just bigger and stronger. And, you know, the game is, is now you've got to be so precise at the breakdown. If you get it wrong, you're red carded. And if, if you get it right, then you've got it. You've got half a chance. But but it's I, I just I was very, very impressed with the bounce mentally because La Rochelle were poor last week against uh, Gloucester. And I think the real La Rochelle turned up and they blew Saracens away quite considerably. And so a bit of bit of thinking for English rugby. Is it the salary cap? Could possibly be. But it's also the size of players that we have at the moment. And a nasty injury to Billy Vunapola. Let's hope that he's not out of the game for too long. But they were they were second best and well been. They were an extra. We'll have to be the ones to figure out how to hold on to their sweets in the playground in the semi-finals, uh, which, which which will be a tough task for them. But one they will relish, I'm sure, because they go to to Bordeaux to face La Rochelle. And I suppose one of the big questions for Exeter as well, Nick, is yes, they've kind of almost seen, I suppose, Europe this season as their escape, and they've done really well in that competition. But can they carry their good form from Europe now back into the Premiership? Because time is running out for them there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, you know, obviously, the draw was kind. They, you earn draw but the situation with the Stormers it no doubt helped and so they've come through that very well they played well but I, I think they probably within themselves would probably admit that they're still taking steps back to their best rugby and, and I still think they've got to step it up a couple of notches because they've got some big games coming up and this is when the pressure really comes on. Okay well there were some very impressive individual performances over the weekend as, as we've touched upon really when, when we spoke about the games themselves so time to choose our players of the week. Player of the Week with QBE Business Insurance. Be prepared. Nick, you can start this week. Yeah, it's got to be Levani Bottier, hasn't it? It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, 34 years old, four turnovers in about 25 minutes, and then a great assist for a try. And he's a guy who, when you look at, if you were sort of building the ideal rugby player, I mean, he's there's not much he doesn't have. He's, he's played test rugby at centre and in the back row and uh, club rugby at the highest levels in, in, in both positions. He played on the wing as well. And um, for somebody who I suppose started off as a back to be so adept and proficient, especially over the ball um, in the back row, is just absolutely unbelievable. And he was outstanding. And to be doing that at 34 is not much short of unbelievable. Is he 34? Really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he has been a. Uh, he, he started life as a prison officer, so he has been used to control, <laughs> controlling grow, yeah. controlling grow men in small spaces. Is basically what he does. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so I think, uh, I, I think, he, I mean, he was a magnificent performance. But for me, uh, Thomas Ramos, if nothing else, for that twenty meter kick across an open goal, you know, straight to Tamak to to clear two, you know, twenty nine points, two tries. I thought he in a game that's got Dupont on the same pitch to, to win the star of the match <laughs> takes. Takes a little bit of doing, right? So we have to give it to him as the outstanding player, Thomas Ramos. How about you, Sar? Oh, well, I hate going last because you two always <laughs> say every name that yeah. like, like comes to my head from this weekend before I even open my mouth to you. But I am going to go. I'm going to be very boring and predictable and go with the pomp because... I don't know. I just think it was another stunning performance. I don't think he can put a foot wrong, can he? Everything about his game is just positive and ridiculous. I loved um, Matt Dawson, what Matt Dawson labelled him after 
that French victory in England. He said he's like Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi and Zidane all rolled into one. Yeah, he's just a dream, isn't he, to watch, really. So I'm going to be boring and go for him. You're going for the goat. He is. The, he, I'm going uh, for the goat, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I, I think, he, you know, and he's still playing and he's already been labelled the goat, you know. He's got unbelievable skills. So you picked the best, actually. Well done. Okay, thank you. Say the best to last. Okay, well, uh, next weekend, we're back to uh, Gallagher Premiership territory and round 22. I actually can't get my head around the fact that we're like at this stage of the season already. So let's take a look at what's coming up there. Bristol Bears um, see the Sail Sharks come into town and then it's a West Country derby. It's Gloucester take on Bath. Quinns will face Newcastle at the Stoop. Sarries will be taking a trip to Franklin's Gardens as they face Northampton Saints. And Leicester welcome Exeter on Sunday. So, Mr. Delalio, which one of those games whets your appetite? I, well, I'm going down to Bristol. You love a little visit to Bristol, don't you? Because your son's there. Uh, he is. <laughs> and university. I, and I, he will be coming to the game and we will be having <laughs> some pints afterwards. So, yes, exactly. <laughs> that just happens to be coincidental, by the way, listeners, just mm-hmm. so you know. But yes. Okay, I, yeah, sure it is. I know all the staff on the on that line uh, by, <laughs> by their first names. So yeah, listen, it's uh, do or die time for the for the Bears, isn't it? Really, Bears have got to win this. I mean, it's so tight. What are they on? Forty one points. I'm just looking down at the table. Northampton are on forty eight, and they're two places above them in fifth. And London Irish on fifty one. So realistically, you're going to run out of games if you don't win this. So it's a must win for Bristol Bears. Sale. If I was uh, Alex Darnison, I'd be drilling home how important that home semi final is. So uh, yeah. And Nick, that Leicester extra Chiefs game—that's a biggie as well, isn't it? If you look at the table, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a similar kind of thing, isn't it? Home advantage in the playoffs is absolutely massive. So if Leicester can catch Sale, they'll be they'll be going uh, all the way for that as well. So it's not—I don't think there's any situation in which it's either side will ease off there. Really, like we're saying, extra have got to come back and uh, and step it up again uh, because we all know we've talked about it, haven't we? Just that that group of players, it being the end of the road for them as a as a group. So they are. Not going to let that go easily. I guess the the fascinating one is someone like Saris, right? So Saris have just come off the back of a very bruising, you know, almost ego bashing defeat. Really, I mean, it, you know, it's, you, you, they'll feel like their season is over because Europe was such a big focus for them. But clearly, it's not over from a domestic perspective. They're top of the table. They've already secured a home semi final. But they've still got to play out these last few games. And whatever happens to Saris, they will have a home semi-final. So they've got to go away to Franklin's Gardens in a game that Northampton have to win, really, because they're running out of games too. So that is quite a fascinating one, just from a mental point of view. Not as in the game will be mental, but how do the, play- how do the players <laughs> recover? You know, it's a, a short turnaround for Saris, uh, you know, having played at La Rochelle yesterday. How many of those guys does Mark McCall push forward as front line? How many will be fit enough or even, you know, have their bodies in one piece to play? But he, he also wants to try and keep that winning momentum going because last year they lost a big fixture to Gloucester by 50 points and everyone said, our oh, Saris will be fine. And actually they went on to lose the final. So they've somehow got to get back on the horse, but playing against a, a Saints side who will have had a week off, nice and relaxed and ready to go. Right, one last question, right? Because obviously we've only got a few rounds left now um, and I'm going to pull you both up on it at the end of the season. So I'm looking at the table now as well. I don't want a long answer. I just want short and sweet. The table at the moment, so we've got Saracen Sale, they've booked themselves a playoffs. Leicester, London Irish, they're currently in that top four. So Saracen Sale safely through. Who's got those final two spots in your opinion? Because Leicester and London Irish have them at the moment. Then you've got Saints who are in fifth, Exeter who sit in sixth. And then you've got Bristol and Harlequins who still mathematically could as well, I guess. Are you brave enough to call it? And if so, call it now. Last two places. Nick? Yeah, I think it'll stay as it is. Do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. I do think those positions will stay the same. 
and we might be wrong because we often are more often than not we are uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it would be a first wouldn't it for London Irish for quite some time to be in yeah. that situation and, and I think that would be a great story for, for the premiership for everyone because Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty special. Absolutely. Okay, so it's certainly going to be an interesting weekend then, isn't it? So we look forward to seeing how the table looks this time next week, I guess, Laurel. Uh, yes, we will. And uh, we'll all be wrong. And you'll be uh, <laughs> you, you'll be hosting the show and I'll be your guest. I think that's basically <laughs> But uh, listen, as ever, my thanks to you, Sarah, uh, and to Nick. And of course, to our special guest this week, Philippe George Santandre. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back uh, next week, of course, with, uh, with all the news and all the latest uh, round of action from uh, from the Gallagher Premiership. So thanks for listening and we'll see you all then. The Evening Standard Rugby Podcast with Lawrence Delalio. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions.